Welcome back to Season 2 of The Winemaker's Journey. This is your host, Daniel Barron, and today, in the final episode of the season, number six, we will look forward at the future of the wine industry with a roundtable discussion with Four Roots Fund Scholars. I hope you find this session as interesting and exciting as I did. Let's get started with Season 2, Episode 6 of The Winemaker's Journey. This is Daniel Barron. Welcome back to The Winemaker's Journey. Today, I'm very excited to be sitting with four Roots Fund scholars. And uh, the Roots Fund is an organization that was founded in 2020 to bring more diversity and people of color into all aspects of the wine industry. And uh, we're going to get to meet four of these folks and uh, find out their stories and what they're thinking and where they're going and how they're going to affect the future of of wine, not just in California, but around the world. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And Darwin, I think I'll start with you because uh, as you just told me, you were one of the first scholars, one of the first recipients of the scholarship. Yes, I was. And uh, so so, um, I'm going to just introduce everyone. I should have done that. So we have Darwin Acosta. Uh, Lena Wellington, Candace Keaton, and Kyle Burke. And so we're going to start with Darwin, and we're going to ask everyone the same three questions. Uh, where are you from originally? What first got you interested mm-hmm. in wine? And I guess four questions. What are you doing now? Uh, and uh, we're here in Napa. And where where are you going? What's your ultimate goal with this with this? Uh, interest in wine. And while you're talking, I get to taste some of Kyle's first wine. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Well, first of all, thank you for having us here. Um, Like Daniel just said, my name is Darwin Acosta and I go by they, them, their pronouns. Um, I will start off by saying that I and many of us can relate in this room. I didn't come with the background that, you know, had wine in our in our culture, my parents are Dominican. Um, they come from the Caribbean islands, and I grew up in New York City. I'm a New York City native, born and raised in Queens. And um, I guess my first introduction into the world of beverage was through coffee. That was what kind of sparked my um, interest into just learning more about agriculture, where coffee comes from. Um, and I did that through Starbucks. So a whole different trajectory than what I'm in now. But, you know, you have to start somewhere and one thing leads to the next. Um, I will say my first, first introduction into learning more about wine regions and wine varieties was when I attended the Culinary Institute of America. Uh, We have to take, in our associate's degree, a three-week introduction to wine studies course. Um, Pretty intense, but I survived. (laughs) And um, we focus on the major regions around the world so there's Spain, there's France, there's Italy, and then there's the North American um, regions. And that was when I was first like kind of overwhelmed with information, but it was also beautiful to know that like, wow, like wine isn't just what I thought it was. And growing up, the only examples of wine I had were like mass produced, like what, like jug wines that, you know, um, were not high in quality. And I, and I really had no idea what, 
how how expansive the industry was. Um, and then after graduating uh, from the Culinary Institute of America with my culinary science degree and applied food studies degree, I wanted to learn more about beverage and was trying to go in more through the service route though. So I was trying to focus and I learned a lot in school about brewing and spirits and I just wanted to like have a more well-rounded knowledge of all kinds of beverages. That graduated during 2020, which was the pandemic year. And I said, well, what can I do this year to not really waste a year? All my service jobs that I had lined up were kind of canceled. And I said, you know what? I've always wanted to learn more about wine. Found myself watching and reading more about wine during when we were all home. And I, the Roots Fund had just started that year. So I had got in contact with Carlton McCoy. And um, he ended up telling me if you want to come out to California just reach out to me reached out to him throughout uh, 2020 got back and I ended up being one of the first recipients for the Roots Fund I was provided with funding to move from New York all the way to Napa it's always been a dream of mine to move to the West Coast because on the East Coast the West Coast is very glamorized and I did my first harvest at Dollar Valley Vineyards and from there, um, when I finished last year, I progressed into working with Megan Zoback at Burgess Cellar. So that is currently what I'm doing. Um, I've been there since January, been there for almost a whole year um, as her winemaking, hospitality, and vineyard assistant. And that's what I'm doing now. So, so you're doing hospitality and vineyard? So it started that's off... That's a great combo. Yeah, it was... I wanted... Um, I wanted something that represented all aspects of the industry and I didn't want to be put into a box. Um, I've had a lot of that throughout my experiences in service. So I wanted to just see all different sides because wine production and being in Napa was all new to me. I had no idea what wine production was. Um, so I, I, w I spoke to Megan and I was like, I want a, a position that can curate, you know, all different kinds of experiences. So, so I've been very fortunate to help, like, you know, be in the vineyard here and there, have met so many great people that have given me many other opportunities to learn other things in other places um, and also work, like, help out with the building of the tasting room for Burgess um, in the small ways. And um, I also worked part-time at Bay Grape, the wine shop. So really, I've wanted like multiple experiences uh, in the industry. And I'm yeah. definitely getting it. Now, I want to point out that Darwin is wearing, after he said all these nice things about California, <laughs> he's wearing a New York or nowhere sweatshirt. <laughs> and as a fellow New Yorker, um, I, I, I can appreciate that, but it is it is Yankees blue, and that's that's oh. a little that's a little rough. <laughs> My dad was a Yankees fan. <laughs> somehow, somehow I figured that out. Okay, well, Lena, it's 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 next to you. So, Lena Wellington. That is I. Hi. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, wait! I think Darwin dodged the last question. Uh oh. Where are you? Where are you oh, heading? Oh yeah. What do you want to ultimately be doing? I will be very honest. Um, I am very open to many opportunities, but when it comes to working in an environment that, that brings people together, I see myself mostly in hospitality and in service. So I'm going to make the switch back into full-time hospitality, or at least I hope to. Um, that's because that's where I see myself the most fitting and the most comfortable. But I do think that it's very important for folks that work in wine hospitality to at least experience a harvest or two, because it only makes you more well-rounded and knowledgeable in the tasting room. And, you know, you just have 
have a more genuine connection to exactly what you're selling. I, um, I really applaud you for doing mm-hmm. that, especially for spending time in the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's one of the great dilemmas in wine, especially as you get into a bigger company. You know, everybody wants to, I'll never forget giving a tour to people and them, and them saying to me, uh, you know, with 30, at that point, 30 years of experience as a winemaker, two degrees in, in mm-hmm. viticulture from UC Davis. And they said, wow. no, the tour guide at Mondavi told me that that's not true. <laughs> it's just mm. like, okay. You know, so <laughs> to have r- real hands-on experience puts you in such a strong position. That's really, really mm-hmm. a, a great strategy, Darwin. For sure. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I think that it's just it's just important because when you talk to consumers that don't really know much about wine, I've been in situations where I've been in tasting rooms and I've heard things that aren't necessarily true. So I think that it just adds to your depth of, you know, what it really takes to make wine and all the effort and all the work and the labor that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we should have an, uh, 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 you know, I'm, I'm constantly changing the protocol, as you guys can see. But I think we actually should do a, a, a wine uh, appreciation, a wine review at, between each, each of the speakers. Mm-hmm. So we're tasting Kyle's. Yes. This is the, the tank fermented uh, Chardonnay from Kenwood, the 2021. Yes. Yes. that you're making with unyet oh it, it it is Kyle Burke Chardonnay is that the name you've settled on yes Kyle Burke yes. uh mm-hmm. I Love was it. all over the place with the name but I was convinced that that would be most appropriate I was like okay let's go with it and this will be sold through nakedwines.com one yes of, one of the sponsors of the winemaker's journey okay yeah. yes yes <laughs> and um and I, I, I think it's it's showing beautifully, and mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. benefited from having some air in the bottle. It's really yeah. opened up aromatically mm-hmm. since we tasted it yesterday. It is. I'm pleasantly surprised so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> well, I, I did have Cheers a little help, help from course. Dan. Thank you. Dan is my, my mentor. Um, but, yeah, this, this is the 21 tank fermented uh, Chardonnay and uh, I really wanted to express more of an aromatic because lately I've been falling in love with Savignon Blancs Mm -hmm. and um, I know I initially started out with the desire to create a really good expression or two different expressions of a Chardonnay and I decided that we would split the tank or split the block and do the barrel ferment and the tank ferment and I really wanted the tank ferment to have just strong tropical fruits so I'm hoping that that's what's starting Mm -hmm. I think I can smell it yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and you you used a a yeast you used a yeast that that is often used for Sauvignon Blanc as I recall I believe so yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. was it CO three seven I'm not sure I have to look I have to look (laughs) (laughs) right 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 okay Lena (laughs) <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, thanks for having all of us, Dan. Oh, yes. Truly pleasure. an experience. I feel yeah. famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Dan said, my name is Lena Wellington. I am from Detroit, Michigan, hailing from the 313. Um <laughs> How did I get into wine? Uh, a similar story to Darwin here. I am also a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America 
And that's kind of how I got my intro into the wine industry. So you're talking Hyde Park, the, the Hyde original. Hyde Park, yes. So does that mean you're both chefs? <laughs> they made an amazing meal, we so I would say yes. Yes, we're classically trained yes. uh, home cooks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you ask anyone who co-signed my student loans, they will gladly call me chef because they, okay. because they paid for that. <laughs> That's your nickname. That from is now on. yes, chef. <laughs> Um, but um, ever since I was like eight years old, I knew I wanted to be in the food industry or the hospitality industry. So I went to the CIA thinking I wanted, you know, to be a chef forever. And uh, that dream quickly diminished after I did my externship. <laughs> but then I fell in love with wine uh, in our sophomore year. And then I started working in the restaurants in, in front of house uh, service, which was amazing. Um, interacting with the guests on a one on one ish type level is something I like long for. Um, as a is, is there a particular bottle that just set you afire? Uh, yes, but the name is escaping me. It was a Burgundian Pinot Noir, though, uh, the vintage somewhere in the 20th century. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say I want to say it was like a 80 something uh, Pinot Noir from Burgundy. Nice. Um, but I'm supposed to remember my aha wine, but I don't. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but it's okay. That's all right. Um, but we were kind of thrust into it. Um, we were tasting six plus wines a day for three weeks. So um, doing that every day and learning about it, especially on a uh, educational level, is kind of what sparked it for me, as yeah. opposed to just a specific wine that I was tasting. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, after that, um, in my bachelor's program, I focused my studies on uh, beverages and uh, service. I did brewing class. I did spirits and mixology. And once I graduated, I started working in a brew house. Then I started bartending. And then the pandemic hit. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so I sat at home like everyone else, except for Darwin. Darwin did the thing. <laughs> um, and then I kind of just got my finances in order. I was thinking I was going back to CIA to continue working. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where I was bartending. But we all got laid off, um, which another casualty of the pandemic, but a blessing in disguise because it forced me to move back to Detroit. Started working at this beautiful steakhouse called uh, Prime and Proper right in downtown. And I fell in love again with wine. <laughs> so Darwin did his thing and uh, did their thing in Napa and told me to apply with the Roots Fund. And I did. I got the scholarship um, rooted in Napa recipient along with Candace. Um, and yeah. I'm doing a harvest internship at Inglenook. And I oh, think nice. you have some connections at Inglenook, Dan. You know Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, it's, honestly, it's been such an amazing experience thus far. I've met so many great people uh, doing amazing things like this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, this is awesome. And, yeah, the future is ever-changing, though. I don't have a set goal in mind. It is evolving. Yeah. Um, always ready for the next adventure. But this is, right now, it's all I want. <laughs> Are you drawn to, are you surprised, uh, anything surprises you about wine production that you didn't, mm -hmm. other than the long hours? Uh, <laughs> used to long hours working yeah. in restaurants. However, um, <laughs> surprising, not really. Um, when you think of production, you think of a lot of hands-on. Um, I did, like I said, I did the brewing class so in college, so that kind of was like a mini, a mini harvest. Not at all the same. 
but working in the, the brewery, very similar to the cellar. One of the things that I find so compelling about working in production is that the jobs keep changing. Mm. Yes. You know, in, in, in service and in so much of what our fellow citizens do to support themselves, other than what's going on outside with the weather, you know, the job doesn't change from, from week to week or month to month. And in production, it does, mm-hmm. in both in farming and, and in the winery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that rhythm, that, that um, repetitive rhythm is is somehow comforting it's kind of like mm-hmm. being in school again you know yeah, oh it's yes. september this is it you know and it, cha- the, it changes just like going you know from being a freshman to being a sophomore you know mm-hmm. and every season is different and challenging in its own way it, it, because I've, I've done a lot of introversion about what why why am I obsessed with doing this? Why do I keep coming? I'm supposed to be retired and still doing it. Because right. I, I love it and because it's fulfilling. Yeah. And you also get to make something. Yes. Which, uh, there's not very many people that do that right. in yeah. our culture. I have a bunch of wine babies. Mm. Yeah. I have a bunch of wine babies. Yes. Like Kyle's. Look yes. at this baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of wine babies, Darwin, can you pull the cork on the compliments since we're... Yes. We're talking about wines that we made, and, and Kyle, you've already uh, kind of introduced yourself, but yes, but uh, Kyle Burke from Baltimore, Maryland. <laughs> I have been in Baltimore for the last twenty years, but originally, I am born in Indiana, and I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, my husband is actually from New York, so as soon as I graduated from college. I ran away and escaped to New York, and then we decided to come to Baltimore because it was a great halfway point to uh, raise our, our family. So for the last 20 years, yes, I have been a Baltimore resident, uh, specifically Baltimore County and Randallstown. And where is Barry, your husband, where, what part of New York is he from? From the city or from? He is actually from New Rochelle. Okay. Uh, yeah, in Westchester County. Uh, but we lived in Harlem for quite a while, um, and then we moved here. Well, not here. <laughs> to <laughs> we moved. That's your next move. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Subconscious. A little Freudian. What is it? Freudian exactly. slip. Exactly. Yeah. So yes, I um, I I I can't believe I'm here. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I'm. I still have to pinch myself. Yep. Uh, last year, I said. Just half, half, haphazardly, I'm going to go to Napa next year. <laughs> so I spoke it out, mm. and it actually came into fruition. And that's before you had applied to the Roots Fund? Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you, you started as a home winemaker. Yes. Yeah, so I've been drinking wine over 20-some years. So, you know, at one point, my husband jokingly said to me, well, you love to drink wine so much. Why don't you learn how to make it? And there's a shortage in Maryland. You need to actually re-up. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a teacher by trade. So my whole premise with anything is to research, read, to investigate, to ask questions, and to figure it out. 
so the whole thing of, of learning how to make something from nothing became my mission. I'm also an artist, so I love starting off with a blank palette, a blank, just everything, you know, just right there in front of you to create. So I decided that, yeah, we don't have a vineyard and we don't have the land, but, you know, there's there's got to be a way to create something out of this space and so I started looking at basically how to make wine <laughs> and literally just Googled, how can I make wine? And, you know, obviously you, you make wine from grapes and you can make other types of fruit wines and what have you and flowers and, and other things. Um, but I decided that I would start off by the simple kits that you can order. <laughs> I know it sounds so just, you know, random, but I was like, wow, they actually, vineyards do have um, leftover pressed juice that's already ready for you to ferment. So I, I'd rather try something that's got a little bit more structure to it. So I started ordering different kits and making wine at home and trying to blend. And, and I didn't even realize I was blending. You know, I think of it like cooking, mm-hmm. you know. So you look at different recipes and you know, our tastes are all different. So I, I, I really just started looking at, okay, I don't want it too acidic. I, I, I'm not really too sweet, but there's got to be a way where I can blend it. So it's more palatable for myself, you know, and, and, and play with it like that. So I basically began taking different varietals and creating my own version of it. And, to my surprise, people actually enjoyed it. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, this, it wasn't something that I, I had planned on, you know, pursuing, but it was something that I wanted to see if it's possible. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I actually do this? So how, how did you find out about the Roots Fund? What, what uh, impelled you to apply? Okay, so again, I'm an educator, and I taught career research and development, so I work with students, helping them look at career paths and college or career paths that would be most appropriate to their likes and interests. And with that, you're looking at different programs. So I searched scholarships. Um, I was actually a 2019 She Can uh, scholarship recipient with Ooh, McBride Sisters. So all right, all right. that was the first scholarship that I got. Shout out to the McBride sisters. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that that. So pre- what did that entail? That was uh, basically for professional development, trying to find some you know um, venues and, and things that would help me with uh, learning the professional side of of winemaking. Um, and then, the, like everyone else, the pandemic hit. <laughs> And once that hit, you know, we all just kind of sat at home and trying to figure out what the hell am I going to do? I was teaching still, you know, thank goodness I still had work. I worked with uh, my high school students. But in the meantime, in between time, I was online looking for the next, you know, any any type of scholarships, any opportunities to try to figure out what I wanted to do. And by that time, I had already created uh, my own label, but you know, with my with the process of, that I was doing, you know, you'd have to be licensed uh, federally and state. 
So that proved to be something of a challenge for me. So I was like, okay, I need to look at something that will help me, you know, gear um, in that direction. And I just happened to find the Roots Fund. And it literally was, I believe, the last week of the scholarship uh, deadline. And (laughs) I put it in. And I I said, okay, I'd I'd like to go ahead and do the WSET level two. Um, so I, I put it in for that, basically just for the W, w set level two, I got it and I was surprised and just like, you know, grounded once again. And then they approached me about my interest with making wine and basically told me that, okay, well, if you like making wine, we want to get you out of your home cellar. And we want to <laughs> teach you how to do it on more of a, a broad level uh, in, in bulk. So we're going to propose that you be considered to work with Naked Wines. And it was something that I, I literally, like, stopped in the car. I was with my husband. I remember I was in Pennsylvania. Hey. Yes. <laughs> and I sat in the car and just literally cried like a baby. Um, and I, I had not even, you know been selected but just the consideration Mm. of that was like you know confirmation that I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing so and shout out to Naked Wines I mean the the program really does help people make their dreams come true and Mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah for you to, to, to jump into this and, and have your own label within mm-hmm. And now I'm with my, my mentor again. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. my mentor. And you're the first you're the first um, scholar that Naked Wines has funded. So wow. uh, you know there's a lot on your shoulders. You better do good. Oh yeah. Exactly. We got about three thousand cases to sell, so yeah. we've got to get that. If I think I, they they were a little. They said how how much? I said, well, how big is this program going to be? And they said twenty to forty tons. And then I found this grower, and he said, I've got forty four tons for sale, Ooh. and and so I I called literally your and my uh, <laughs> advisor and said, well. How's 44 tons of Kenwood Chardonnay sound? Wow. Uh, that sounds good. You've been modest. You're making like 100 cases. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, seriously, last year, uh, I think I made about 25 gallons, maybe. Wow. Yeah. And now, my, now look at you. Right. Wow. So how many, mm. how many uh, cases are you projected to... About 3,000. 3,000 Whoa. Cases. From yeah. 25 gallons mm-hmm. to 3,000 It's, it's, 3, easy, it's easier to make 3,000 cases of wine I'm than sure to make is. 30 cases of wine. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> you know, it really <laughs> is. Smaller, smaller, <laughs> smaller, <laughs> smaller, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Candice. Well, let's talk about this. What, what do you think oh of the Complan Chardonnay? This wine is so aromatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Like, I, it's giving me like a sugar cookie, some sort of sugar, like caramelized sugar. Yeah, vanilla. Or lemon cookie. So, yes. so this is this is a 2017, and it was picked at 21 bricks. This is my son Sam. Oh, you'll meet wow. tonight. It's sure. this wow. one's about 12 percent alcohol. The next vintage was 11.7. This is from Steve Mathiason's organic mm. Linda Vista oh, vineyard. Yeah. Shout out to Mathiason. Uh, yeah, shout out to Steve. Garrison. He does a beautiful job. Um, 
and barrel fermented, full ML, bone dry. Mm. Bone dry. That's a bone. Mm. Isn't that something? Bad yes. to the bone. Add to the bone. <laughs> Yellow flowers, golden apples in here, like mm-hmm. this, so this, aromatic. The nose is it it's, the nose. I I like it's the nose. It's the nose for me. Yeah. But I wanted to add something that I feel like in the past two stories I just came up, and I feel like it's something that many people hear. I am a true believer of everything happens for a reason. Mm. Literally, Same. like all of our lives, all true. Like COVID for some people, it might have been catastrophic. Like, it might have been a really bad time, and for many of those that have lost folks, I'm very sorry. For but I, at the end of the day, I felt like it was a blessing in disguise for many of us, and we have literally all come out here not expecting what was going to happen, and now we're all just doing the damn thing. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's honestly beautiful. And shout out to literally everyone that has helped and supported yes. us, mm-hmm. especially the Roots Fund, yes. yes, and for those that keep supporting mm-hmm. and helping us, and our and the growing community that's out here of young BIPOC and just BIPOC professionals in general in the Napa Valley. Yes. I think it's amazing. Mm. It Sorry. is. You may no. <laughs> yeah. Tension, okay, I go, Candice. And if Darwin, would you, you were interested in that to me, um, Merlot, you really, that, that's, oh yes, to me. That's a wonderful bottle. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Tell us about yourself. Yes. Again, thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. My name is Candice. I am from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the great 412, the city of bridges, the black Mm -hmm. and yellow. Um, I had so the first question is how I got into wine. Um, hmm, that's an interesting one. Okay, so I went to to college in Philadelphia. And to pay the bills, I worked at a restaurant, but honestly, it was just to pay the bills. I was, wasn't trying to go too in depth with it. I just needed the money, worked at a restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so, but you say everything happens for a reason. Working at that restaurant, um, completely changed my perspective on wine. Again, I come from a family. Wine was not. I don't think I've ever seen wine in my house actually growing up. Um, so, yeah, so I worked at this restaurant. I had wine before. I had a crazy wine story. It, it's really terrible. My first introduction to wine. I don't even want to say it. It was in college. It was terrible. It was bad. It was wild. It was franzy. It was, it was crazy. Um, okay, I had yellow tail. Yeah, we, no, we were getting really crazy with it. But um, so, yeah, so I, I took this job at a French restaurant in Philadelphia, very popular restaurant. And... The wine list was great, but like I just, you know, seeing wine in a different perspective. But again, didn't dive deep into it. It's more so just like, you know, um, yeah, surface level. But so then I did that. I actually, I left and I ended up going cocktail serving. But again, I was still kind of just drinking. I was a Pinot Noir girl, but then I was still a cocktail, like, you know, the apple teeny thing when I was cocktail <laughs> serving. Um, and then, yeah, so then I, I, I was a cocktail server for some time, uh, about three years. And then I left there and I ended up teaching. I also, I went to school uh, for education. Um, and then I ended up getting a, finally had a full-time job teaching. And so I taught, I was a teacher at elementary for eight years. 
And uh, one of the summers, I love in the Philadelphia. This schools? is in Philadelphia. Yes. Yep. Philadelphia School District. And so I'm big on travel. I love to travel. I love solo traveling. I've been mm. in many places. I just get up. I go. And one summer, I think so it was 20, 2017, I took a solo 26-day European trip. Nice. And uh, that's what really changed um, my, my life when it came to wine. I went to, to, to Spain and um yes and so just being able but again i wasn't really into wine yet right so but i was just dipping my toes in because i was actually tasting the wines there while you know in spain right in portugal like tasting the wine but i had no idea like if i knew like i wish i know what i know now when i was there so i definitely need to redo it but so i went i had the wine had amazing time in uh in europe and I came back and school was about to start back up. And I was like, you know what? I really just want to take a wine course. And I was like, I wonder, is there wine schools here in Philadelphia? I had no idea. So again, good old Google. Um, <laughs> and I searched, Google yeah, I searched and I, uh, I found a school in Philadelphia. And so I took this, it was, it was like Valentine's Day, I think. Because I remember I was the only solo person. Everyone there was a couple and I was like, uh, but you know what? I'm, I've gone to many places by myself. It was fine. And I took this class and it was, it really, okay. Two things. One, I was just like, I don't know anything about wine. Like they were talking about things and I was just like, whoa, tasting wine. I mean, I've, I've just been drinking it. Like, what do you mean? Grapes right. Like what are you <laughs> tasting wine? And I remember they were going through the tasting steps and people were, saying all these things and I'm like what I mean this is just wine I don't know it's just wine let's just drink it let's enjoy it and they were saying things that I had no idea like we were talking about tasting notes things that I've never been exposed to and I'm like oh my gosh I remember thinking at that moment like whoa maybe I don't really this isn't for me maybe I don't really belong here I don't know what they're gooseberry what is that um so but I took that but then second thing that happened I was like you know what I really want to dive in and I want to, I'm not going to let that deter me. And so I took that class, enjoyed it. And at the end of it, I signed up for the actual, I signed up for the actual course. And so I took a few of the uh, classes, just still like dip my pinky toe in. My pinky toe is getting a little deeper in the water. Um, so yeah, so once I took the courses, I started to learn a bit more and then I kind of got the bug, I guess. I got bit by the, the wine bug. And mm -hmm. I just, and I said, you know, well, I want to, right. I want to <laughs> know a bit more. But then again, you know, looking up at these certifications, they're expensive, right? Very. I'm on a teacher salary, people, mm -hmm. right? Mm. Amen. In the school district of Philadelphia. Amen. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I honestly just could not afford them. So I tried to do like little things here and there, going to tastings, um, books that I could find. And, um, yeah, so I was like trying to f figure out these ways of how I could get, how I can learn about wine, but without breaking the bank. Mm -hmm. And, um, so started searching. I came across, my friend told me about certified specialists of wine and I happened to reach out to Jane who does the education side of it. And I was like, you know, this is now this doing, now we're in COVID. Right. And I'm really just thinking about my life, you know, I'm, you know, I enjoy teaching. I will forever and always be a teacher. And I feel like that's always going to play 
I'm trying to figure out ways in how wine and teaching, I know it's kind of crazy, it can go together, but I'm big on literacy and, and, and we'll get to my ultimate goal where that's going to all come back. And uh, so it's, it's COVID and I'm just, you know, summertime sitting at home and I'm like, you know, I just, there's, you've ever just had that feeling like there's something more for me. There's something more I'm thankful for where I am, and you know, but there was just something I just, it, I wasn't fulfilled. And so I reached out to her and she was like, literally, she emailed me back within minutes, was like, I'm gonna I'm a give you the, the course for free. And I was mm. like, what? I remember I sat there and I just cried. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, just, just like that. So I signed up for the course. I took the course. I'm technically still in it. I haven't taken the test yet. But I was just like, if that, there was a reason why that happened, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a reason why that it was just that, I guess, easy. Because I meant, I was meant yeah. to be, I was meant to be in, in the wine, mm-hmm. in wine. So I started to take that course. And then I was just like, okay, I want to know as much. But again, I'm still teaching. I'm still, you know, kind of getting pulled on the tight, like, you know, tug of war, like, oh my gosh, I really love this. I want to, but like, you know, people tell me like, the kids need you. I always hear the kids need you. And I'm like, but what about me? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then I took that, I took, you know, started to take that. And that's when I was just like, I mean, the trajectory just went off and I was like, I want to know more. And I think I found, I found the roots fun just like through Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think, um, mm-hmm. Just scrolling through Instagram, I must people that I followed must have been like I think Darwin, I think um, Desiree was mm-hmm. one of them, and I yeah. think I was like, "What is this Roots Fund?" And I remember I had like missed it already, and I was like, "Well, with this, I'm gonna make sure I follow, and I'm gonna you know put those notifications on because when they put up anything, I want to make sure that I'm a part." And, and it wasn't even for like I want to get the cert; I could just tell the community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "These are people that look like me. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of that." Like, cause I've been in and it's just stuffy and they will let you know, like, mm, you don't quite belong here. So I wanted it for that community. I was like, I don't even, honestly, I told us, like, I don't even care if I get the scholarship. Can I just like hang out with y'all? Like, can I be a part of the, yeah. of the group? That's really I what I wanted. It. That's really what I wanted. That's how I've learned so much here too. Yeah. I was like, I don't care about like the courses. Thankful. I'm thankful. Um, but I was just like, I really want to be a part of the community. So the time came around and it was open again. I was like, I'm going to apply for it. And before I even applied, I knew, I already knew I was going to come out to California. I, California, I feel like in a past life, I was, I was here before. I always wanted to come to California. So I already knew before, you know, I got the scholarship, before I got the Rooted in Napa, I knew I wanted to be out here. But I was like, if I get the Roots Fund, it is, I mean, literally meant to be. And so I put in for it. Time passed. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll hear, you know, and then you have to go through a process, a step, you know, I'm going through the process. And then I got it and I was like, oh, perfect. You know, like, okay. So they, they put me for the Spanish wine scholar. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I feel like I'm long winded, just going. And, uh, so, but then it was, it came up like, um, does that mean inter- you would have, you would have been working in Spain? Spanish wine I, You know what? I don't know. I was like, wherever the wind blows, I just go. I go. Wherever the wind blows, I'm there. Wherever the opportunity is, I'm there. So, um, and then they put up like harvest, looking for harvest. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. Because, you know, I was going to go up to California. Honestly, I was just going to drop everything and move. And I was like, I don't have a, I don't have a, a job. This is perfect. If I get this, it's really meant to be. So then I got the, the harvest intern. I'm now harvesting. I'm interning at Quintessa. Um, which is just an awesome, amazing experience for me to never have done harvest and be working at Quintessa. It's just like, pinch me. How did I, 
how did I end up here? How did I get here? Um, so yes, I think that answered your question, right? Yeah. Okay. So where, now and, I'm and right. Where are you heading? And where am I heading? And you, so I don't know is a valid answer. Yes. No. So yeah. my ultimate goal is I would love to own my own wine shop. I know that's where I'm. That's yes. what I will have. Yes. I will have my own wine yes. shop. Subscribe me. Yes. <laughs> yes. I will have nice. my own um, wine shop. What will it be called? I don't want to say that yet, but I do have a name. Um, you'll a find hint. out. It's it, it has to do with my father who passed away, so yes. Mm. Um, but for me, I want how I envision and how my wine shop will be is it's going to be a community hub. So for me, like I said, education is important. For me, literacy is very important. I see my wine shop as a, as a community hub where people can come, and obviously, you know, drink delicious wine, but I want to provide service, like different services, whether it be, um, I've tutored like GD, like different classes that people can look at, see uh -huh. where people can come and, and, and get the resources that they need. And when I'm envisioning, I'm envisioning people that look like me, um, the BIPOC community, of course, open to everyone, but I really want to hone in on, on, on my people because I feel like we've been kind of shut out, um, of this industry and I want to, you know, that not so uptight. Like I do want to provide wine classes and wine where people can come in and, and learn and not be intimidated. But my thing is I, I want to provide service to people, whether it be different events, different classes, um, that people can take these resources and, 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 and do better for themselves and, 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 you know, help better their lives. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's where I, I, I definitely, I will, have in, my enrich their lives right enrich right? that's a great yes yeah because so. yeah i think that's one of the things about you know it, it's like art or music mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you can survive without wine but it's it's one of the things that enriches mm -hmm. your yeah. experience right. of the world right yeah. now a couple things candace that that just resonate for me with that story that the woman who gave you the classes for free, mm -hmm. what a life-changing thing I, for, yeah. for her to do. And, and, yeah. and, shout uh, out yes. Shout out. Jane I, Nichols. Shout yeah, out. That's, that's, yeah, it was wild. I, I reached out and to her because she saw something in you right. and said, this, this, this person needs to be able to, it was insane. I, I really, I, I, I hadn't, I never like actually messaged with her, but I knew that they were coming up with the course was getting ready to start back up the certified specialist of wine. They do like an online portion and it was getting ready to start back up, but I was like, I can't afford it. So I, I emailed her and asking, can I do a payment plan where I can, I will pay you in increments. Mm. I will still pay you, but I just can't give you all of that money up front. Mm. And she was like, actually we have a few scholarships. Like lit minutes later, it was just like, I'm gonna put your name on. You're fine. You'll get all the info. And I was just like, "It's amazing." What is? Yeah, true. I was just like, now, "Where now is I hope, that?" I hope you send her a bottle of Quintessa. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yes, you you're right. Do that. Yes. And, and the other real. thing I want to say is, you know, you probably heard people say, you know, if if you're in business, you're in show business. Mm. But I think in in wine, right? I say, if you're in wine, you're a wine educator. We're all wine Ooh. educators. And one of the things which will, I'm going to segue into my next topic that I, I would like this to become more of a roundtable mm -hmm. is that 
you know, people will tell you, and you'll hear this in production, oh, you need to give people what they want. You know, what they really like is sweet wines. So give them sweet mm. wines. And, and, and I always feel that, that you need to lead, lead the consumer a little bit and not too much, not be right. too far out ahead or you're going to lose them. But, you know, most consumers, as you said, you know, don't know a lot about wine mm -hmm. and are intimidated by it. And so, you know, I, I've been I still told get intimidated for, for years to not get technical in mm. my talks. And I always get technical in my talks. But what I don't do is do jargon. Mm. You know, I put it in terms that people will understand. Let's take a short break. The Winemaker's Journey is sponsored by Complant Wine, a partnership between my son Sam Barron and myself. Our mission is to make artisanal, moderate alcohol, single vineyard wines with vibrancy and finesse. Visit us at complantwine.com, C-O-M-P-L-A-N-T, wine.com. And by NakedWines.com, a passionate community of the world's best winemakers and wine drinkers, changing the way great wine is made. I'm proud to be among those winemakers. Look for the 2019 Francophone Cabernet Sauvignon and the 2020 Francophone Pinot Noir at NakedWines.com. And now let's get back to the podcast. And so that leads me to 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 uh, uh, kind of our first roundtable, and hopefully we'll go we'll go around with that. Well, before we do that, did you guys like the Timmy? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, there's a this is the first vintage that we brought in Jean Claude Berroy, the winemaker of Petrus, who is my mentor, mm -hmm. and um, he had parted ways with Dominus, where he'd been the consultant since 1983. And I was on the phone with him, and he said, well, Daniel, uh, I won't be coming to California anymore. And I said, why not? He said, well, you know, they want to use the new director of winemaking since I've retired and from uh, Etablissement Jean-Pierre Moex. And I said, well, why don't you come and work with us at Tumi? And so this is his vision uh, of California Merlot and... One of my favorite stories about him, and then two years later, we were walking through a vineyard, and he had to catch a flight the next day. And I said, Jean-Claude, what do you think of this? He said, this Merlot tastes delicious. And I said, oh, good, I think so, too. I, I'm thinking we should pick tomorrow. And he said, Danielle, you know, I am a consultant, and I will never tell you what to do. But in my opinion, this could be one of the greatest vintages of Merlot in California history mm. since I've been here in 1983. And you have the opportunity to make a truly beautiful wine. Or you could pick tomorrow. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> Didn't see that going there. All right. So he too is an educator. <laughs> So, so I was listening to, and, and by the way, Candice, you have a podcast too where you do uh, short vignettes about uh, individual wine. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a few. I had, uh, I have wine it on me Wednesday. Hey, well, I, ju I just—it's very informal. <laughs> I just go on and I, I, you know, talk about wine that I'm currently sipping on, and and just ways that people can 
I guess, hopefully relate to. Nothing too too serious. Um, I also have Talking Tasting Tuesdays. Oh, I had no. Darwin on last night. I was on there last yes, night. Yes. Um, I just have, uh, you know, people that are, you know, making changes in, in, within the wine industry. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for, you know, just showing up. I love it. And then chatting I, I with like, me. And yeah. So I like that you went to your, your podcast voice. There. Yeah. <laughs> you like dropped about an octave. <laughs> yeah. So I do that. And, and it's just for me, I, I like to connect and I like to talk with people. Um, I love chatting. I liked, I love to hear people's stories. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just a reason for me to talk. <laughs> I like to talk. And like I said, my, my page started to show and prove to my mother. Hi, mom. If you ever listen to this, um, that, you know, being in wine is real because for, she was like, are you sure you don't have a drinking problem? <laughs> and so I was just like, she's like, you know how, you know, people in our family. And I'm like, no, this is a real thing. So when I tell her, like, I'm into wine and I want it. And she's just like, mm, I don't know about that. So like, when I have these, you know, conversations with people, I'm like, look, see, see, there's other people. This is a real thing. Yes. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's just for me. Yeah. Just, I like to be, I like for it to be approachable and for people to like, um, you know, Oh yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. And not really, I'll, I'll do some tasting notes, but then I'll say like crazy things. Like I think I said, it smells like shafts leather jacket. Right. So like crazy weird things that I think that people can relate to, but it, it's all just, very informal and I want it to be fun and I want it to be approachable and I don't want people to be like, I have no idea what she's talking about. I'm never going to listen or get into wine ever again. So is it on Apple podcast? Is it- no. So my thing is just on, in- it's just, IG. Oh, it's, it's just, I, yeah, exactly. I want to eventually I'm going to work into having a podcast and I have a website. I have not put anything on it yet. Cause I'm just trying to figure my life out. Um, but well, yes, if this doesn't That's work okay. out. I, I have a, I have a soundboard. I can yeah. tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you have a beautiful voice. Like, I can just Rent listen to her talk. Really? Oh, yes. wow. Thank you. So, so anyway, I was listening to a podcast on the local radio which is has a hispanic uh segment and it was an interview with a winemaker and i have his name written down i meant to bring it in his name is chris Mm -hmm. and he is part of the hispanic roots organization Mm -hmm. and what he was saying i was really thought provoking to me because what he was talking about was the fact that most of what we know about fine wine or most of the of the information about wine appreciation comes from pairing european wines with western european food mm-hmm. and he was saying in his case that you know to bring hispanic people into wine he made entry-level wines that would appeal more to their palates and pair mm-hmm. better with their cuisine. So do you see that in terms of embracing diversity and introducing wine to a more diverse group, that, that you have opportunities in as, as young wine professionals to kind of change the shift that paradigm a little from the focus yes. on absolutely France, yes. Italy, and absolutely. Spain. Absolutely. absolutely, and it's needed, and it's time, and it is a mm-hmm. time. I I'm so glad you brought this up because we've 
I've talked about this for a while and I've talked about this a lot this week. I think that one way that this can be done and make wine more approachable to a much more diverse crowd, a lot of wine certifications have to start spending more time in understanding other cultural foods Mm -hmm. and starting to pair them with classical wines and like being open to it because a lot of for me what's intimidating or what i did never understood is that all of these food pairings that are with these certifications i could never relate to because there are certain ingredients or aromas or things that i that i never grew up with that i never smelled right. like you mentioned gooseberry before and you were like what like what is that what the hell like, is that I, yeah. when i first heard that i was like i've never smelled or eaten a gooseberry well, n- neither have most wine writers neither who have put gooseberry ah, in the Right, <laughs> right. There's certain, yeah, there's just like, there needs to be more of an emphasis on just approaching wine and other cultural foods, whether that's more Asian cuisines, more Caribbean cuisines, more African cuisines, because it's not just one cuisine, there's like mm-hmm. a plethora. Um, but then on the other hand, mm-hmm. I was in Japan at a, a lunch with a series of sommeliers, which was one of the most open-minded thing I'd ever seen because they were critiquing each other's mm-hmm. wine, the wines that they brought. And one of them was saying, yeah, well, you know, I love Pinot Noir with whatever, with Spanish mackerel, but in order for it to work, mm-hmm. I needed to get my chef to use red vinegar instead of white vinegar with his dashi. Mm. And so, you know, at what level do you take mm. Ethiopian cuisine or whatever we want to say? And do you do you meet halfway? Do you start to alter what you're doing with the sauces and the spices mm. so it pairs with wine? Mm. Or do you start, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it, why, sure. why alter the cuisine right, when you can just say. find a wine that already right. works yeah. with it? Um, say it again for the people in the back. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> 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 I'm serious though like if the cuisine's already there and um mm-hmm. established wine is as we know just as diverse can be just as diverse mm-hmm. as, as food itself so mm-hmm. go outside the norm mm-hmm. i mean yeah. yeah he likes pinot okay find a pinot producer i mean there's i mean you've there's, had pinot from everywhere mm-hmm. you have pinot from everywhere try something you've never had before Mm-hmm. And see if it works. Don't alter the cuisine because you want the cuisine to stay true to itself. Fair I enough. love food. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Spoken from a CIA mm-hmm. grad. From a from chef. 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 From a chef. Lena. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're pairing the wine with the food. You're not altering the food to match the wine. Okay. Mm. Which could be a concept, but we're not talking about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So beautifully, Candice, said. you have Thank a comment on that? <laughs> I was gonna. Lena said it so perfectly. Yeah, I can't. I can't even top that. But I was gonna say, yeah, why, why alter the cuisine? That was just, yeah. There's no. That's not an option. Figure out the wine that goes with that cuisine. Yeah. Like you said, there's millions yeah. of different wines. Yeah. Out there, and um, I might be exaggerating. Are there millions? I don't Probably. know. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, yeah. I mean, wine is so been right, right, right. Thousands thousands right. Yeah. So yeah, and, and they own they own all the good names. Right, right, right. Because then I, I feel like if you get into altering the cuisine, you're altering the, the person, the culture, the history yeah. right. behind it. So oh, that yeah. it's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. So and it I, becomes yeah. a teachable moment. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. it, mm-hmm. it allows you to share something 
that normally a lot of people are, they are trained in their mind that this is what I, I'm used to and this is what I want. And that becomes that moment where you're like, well, okay, I recognize and, and honor what you want and <laughs> we can come over here and look at a variation of that. And a lot of people, when they get that variation, they may be a little hesitant initially, uh, but when they come back, they may say, you know, I've had people come back to me and say, you know what, I tried that and I love it. And now that's my new thing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my new varietal. And I never would have thought to, you know, go with a Gravitch demeanor or, you know, I never even knew about it. So those moments are the moments that I look at too, like just teaching people, especially a, a lot of wine consumers, like you said, we are addicted to sugar. You know, yeah. we've grown up drinking things, eating things with high sugar content. So our mm -hmm. palates are naturally uh, sweet prone. So like me, I started out as a sweet Walter. <laughs> yes, literally. Well, and it, it's the most basic taste. I mean, basic, it's in right. mother's milk. The first thing that right. awakens mm -hmm. our taste mm. is sweet. Right. And so it's it, it it's really, you know, playing to the lowest common denominator that and vanilla. Right. Um, <laughs> but you know, and I was thinking about that. It, there's a with naked wine. You know, I've released my first wine, and and we get critiques directly from the consumer and one of the things i've talked to kyle about is the strong negativity bias that we have as humans that we tend to put much more weight on negative comments than positive comments Ooh, yes and so you know i'll yes. get i get 75 this is the best wine i've ever tasted i love this wine oh it did great and i get one i didn't like this wine and that's the comment mm -hmm. that i remember but one one of the comments that this was the baking soda story. Yeah, Ooh, I just, well, this I woman know. said I this, this wine Ooh. is very acid with capital capital V E R Y, and then so acidic. By the way, the wine has a pH of three eight and acidity of five. <laughs> that I had to add baking soda to it, and so my huh? son, who's a winemaker, wait, say that baking what? soda. <laughs> Okay, so, it so, up the so, 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 you know, and how do you respond to this? And okay. it's posted on my wall, yeah. mind you. So I need to respond. <laughs> he was very stressed. I can't he was. just say, are you effing out of your mind? Do you know anything about what? No, you have to be nice. Mm -hmm. So, so I said, um, I've never heard of that before, but that was very resourceful of you. Ooh, and love it. Yeah. That's a, that's um, not, I love that. Okay. And if you don't like the wine, you get a full refund. Okay. So, but then I went home and I put out three glasses and I poured one with the wine and then I added a, ha a half a teaspoon of baking soda and a half a teaspoon of sugar to the next two glasses. And the baking soda was one of the most disgusting things ever. Right. It turned the wine jet black. Okay. It looked... Looked like coal tar in the glass, you know. It just was and smelled disgusting. Oh my gosh! But with a half <laughs> teaspoon of sugar, you know, like I sent it to my son, and he said, "You could sell a million cases of that." Mm. So the the <laughs> and yet, you know, for my my prejudice about winemaking, it, you know, I I worked for a guy once who said, "The first obligation of every great wine is to be read." And it's like. <laughs> That's that's really dumb, but 
I think I would say the first obligation of every great wine is to be dry. And is that dumb too? Because if you're pairing with, you know, spicy Mexican food or southern food with sweet barbecue sauce, dry food, dry wine is terrible. It is. Mm -hmm. And so... I will say. I think we don't, don't you? I mean, do, do you share that prejudice that that great wine should be bone dry? No. <laughs> no, I don't think. But I what about think. adding residual sugar? Be, I think great wine is the wine that you like. Exactly. Okay. I think okay. uh, mm-hmm. wine, just like humans, just like food, have no obligation. We are right. here to be ourselves, we are here to be drank or. Mm-hmm. So I should add that I should add that half teaspoon of sugar to the wine and if you sell absolutely if you want, if you want like to that. do it. But I don't like the way it tastes. Yeah, but they do. But yeah. Someone else, right, right. Someone will. And it doesn't pair well with European. Doesn't pair well with my traditional filet mignon. Perfect. Well, nah. You know, um, how often you're eating filet mignon? But I'm certainly not having. Not it. I. Um, there's always hot sauce on my table. So half teaspoon of sugar, please. Wait, what was it we had last night? And I'm not a sweet wine lover, and oh, I absolutely well, adored it. Santo. Oh, my oh. God. It was beautiful. Oh. What we had a homemade biscotti. Oh, it was beautiful. What was the invite? I want to point out <laughs> a CIA grad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's a textbook pairing. Okay, it's funny. so what, what are we going to drink next, Darwin Vincent. or Candace? Maybe it's your call. Yes, Candace, Should we go back to back up? To Let's Pina? go back. You want to go back to one of, another one of your shards, or no? Is, that, is it too late because you already had the red? Well, um, we can try it if you want. Um, yeah, I'm going to try this. Yeah, let's see. What do you think? What do you still think about the Vincento? <laughs> and you know, okay. so oh, crazy story. Uh, Can I say something about there Toomey? Is, there is some left, yes. and we have. Can I say something biscotti. about Toomey real quick? And this yes. is kind of crazy. This may not be like a aha moment, but Suck it to me. one of my last years in teaching, when this is when I was like at my like I need something different. It was my first day, and I woke up in the morning, and I took a picture. I just happened to buy, because we talked about Pennsylvania, it's so hard, to, you can't just go anywhere and get alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I, um, And I went I, I went to, we have Fine Wine and Good Spirits is our store. And I don't know why I bought the Tumi bottle, but I bought it and I took a picture on my first day of that year. And I was like this, and I put up my caption, it's on my, I think it's still on my like Instagram. I was like, uh, as a celebration for when I come back after my first day. That happened to be one of the wildest years of my teaching career. But it was just so crazy to like have a Tumi bottle and then to drive past it just a couple of days ago, like at their Full actual circle. vineyard. Yeah. Right. I was Full just like, wow. so it's just like one, it just, everything keeps coming. Like I, Full I've circle. never even heard of them. I don't know why I bought that. I bought the bottle. It was a soft, it was their Sauvignon Blanc, I believe. And I was just like, it was delicious. I remember I enjoyed it, but I was just like, I see it now. And I remember I was, I was driving up to Calistoga and I was like, oh my God, wait, is that, is that, <laughs> is that? And it's just like, I remember I took that picture and uh, on my first day, I th- my first day for that school year, which ended up being one of the wildest years ever. But it's just like, it, it, everything just keeps, yeah, a full circle moment to, mm-hmm. to have that bottle. I've never had it before and I'm having it again and talking about it with you driving past the vineyards it's just wow. i'm thankful i'm grateful it's, yes i what year would that have been 
for the the picture that yeah, I took that you picture. It, you said it was crazy. Oh, that was oh, it's what is what are we we're in twenty twenty one. That was twenty eighteen. Mm. Twenty no no no. Cause okay, twenty yeah twenty no COVID was in twenty twenty right. So twenty nineteen because I'm trying to think because mm-hmm. it was also it was towards the end of that year. March is when COVID hit that school year. So that must have been. 2019, 2019, 2020 yeah. mm-hmm. school yeah. year. Yeah, and it was wild. I was like, I need to have a whole segment where I just drink and talk about my teaching years. Because I feel like that would be entertaining. Podcast. Right. <laughs> I feel like that would like be entertaining. Were you going to say something, Dory? be entertaining. Yeah, I was going to say that I feel like many of us have encountered these moments where we've now are on this wine journey and we have these moments of like positive affirmations that like this is the path we're supposed to be on because ever when i moved here i you know i you know i'm i'm a bipoc individual i'm also queer and i had an abundance of of both communities in new york city coming here i can't say the same but i started finding you know people that have been here for a while that you know i, I can look up to from those communities and I met this beautiful soul. I was introduced to this beautiful individual. Um, they work Amitayasin. It's Iman Hanin. Her and I Iman. grew up in the same exact town a few blocks away from each other in Corona, Queens, New York. But we met out here and she is a 10 years older than me. And when I, when I found out about her, for me, it was just like, and she's been in, in, in the wine industry for years now. For me, it was like, a positive affirmation of like you're meant to be here like this mm-hmm. is meant for you to be here if she has made it from this little town in corona queens then this is like a sign that this is also a space for you yeah yes. and it's like these little things and like meeting folks that just come here and like share the same stories and we've all just been having and what you in in her words, she would say, these are magical moments. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of yes. magical moments here. Yes, and that. I definitely believe that magic is real. I'm mm-hmm. like Disneyland now. Yes. I'm just you know this <laughs> the story of me and Amon, we were at we more. were at we were at Temple together at the same time. Who? Me and Amon. Oh, see. Had no Amon. idea. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> had no literally walking Temple's campus at the same That's- time. And like we're and all but you, you didn't never know each met other there. had not, oh, never okay. met her till here and she was like that's crazy where did you go and I was like yeah. temple and she was like temple what and she's like when I was like well I start oh five I was like you know oh five and she was like I was at temple and I was like the only creepy thing I was like if I go back and look at pictures on Facebook and I see her in the background I'm just at done I'm done like, I'm leaving hey. I'm like okay, I'm going no, to another planet another <laughs> layer we're all pretty we're like all three of us. Candace and Kyle were all from the East Coast. Yes. Lena yes. and I went to school together. We have years of friendship. And then, like, she was picked and she, and she was given a scholarship. And now we're all here together. Like, mm-hmm. it's yes. just, there's a lot of full circle moments. And yeah. I'm just like, this is all can be happening, uh, happening out of coincidence. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is written in the stars. Like, yes. I'm serious. Don't you feel that when you cut your moorings from your day-to-day life, that somehow you open yourself to mm. these kind of serendipitous mm-hmm. encounters yes. and running into yeah yes mm-hmm. it's so cool because y- y- you realize that this kind of energy probably exists around us in our day to day life but we're mm-hmm. so absorbed mm-hmm. in yeah you know the minutia the minutia of, of the daily you know, noise getting mm-hmm. to the dry cleaner or whatever right. it is that yeah. that we don't hear it and, and grocery uh, shopping. 
Yeah. So to get to get onto a serious note, and maybe the answer is no, but I mean, mm -hmm. do you feel that there are still barriers to people of color in in the wine industry? And absolutely, have yes. you? <laughs> yes. I mean, do you want to talk about? I agree. Uh, I don't know where to go with that. I mean, I don't want you to start, you know, talking about bad experiences you've had. But I, I right. But I guess, what's what's your advice? What would you say to the next the next uh, crew of, of of Roots Fund scholars? And and how do you think? How how do we how do we continue to work to I have bring diversity in? I have advice. We could talk about root front roots. Future Roots Fund scholars, but, but my I'm advice would more be interested in kind of what you've experienced. My well. advice is is to those that can and have and have the not the power. What's another like? But who do make it accessible? Mm -hmm. I think the problem is access accessibility. I think um, whether people are choosing to still keep it how it is. Um, but I think the biggest thing is having access and to those that have the power and can make change and say they want to make change. And, you know, that's another story, but I think make, make it accessible, uh, whether it be these certifications, whether it be, um, different tastings, whether it be, uh, cost cost of, yeah, the cost of tastings. Make it accessible. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's where it starts. Uh, uh, these wineries, the vineyards, the, all that. Make it make it accessible. If I think that's the biggest. That's for me. Make it accessible. That's that's my line. Mm. Yes. yes, there it is. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, go oh, ahead. No, you, you go no please. I prevail. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say. Advice I can give to anyone that comes in that is BIPOC and speaking from my experience, also queer, be wholeheartedly and unapologetically yourself. Mm. You do not have to change to fit into this narrative. You mm -hmm. do not have to change your behavior, your look, your appearance. You can be professional and you can have colored hair. You can have yes, piercings. You can have <laughs> tattoos. I have been through experiences that have where I've literally been told that I need to change how I look to fit and um, serve and make a certain demographic of folks more comfortable. And it is still it, it, it is still uh, brought up and trained in certain mm -hmm. educations. Mm -hmm. And it really pulls a nerve because I have always been limited to expressing myself with growing up. And just in general, I feel like people shouldn't have to change to fit into a space like just like Candace just said, it needs to be accessible to everyone. And that also includes in how you represent yourself. If I want to represent myself or someone wants to represent themselves in a certain way, they should be able to do it and still be deemed professionals. That's right. Because we are all here learning together. We are on this world and this journey together. And that's just the two cents I have to say. You're here. Yes. Well, well yes. said. Yes. Well said. Yeah, I would I would add to that. I think that when people believe that they are at the state of, oh, I don't need to know this or, you know, I've I've learned enough. <laughs> we are having magical wines movements <laughs> on the table. But when people get to the point where they feel like, OK, I've done this and I, you know, I think that learning is a lifelong process and we wear different hats when it's needed, 
Um, right now, I am a student all over again. Uh, Daniel is one of my teachers whom I love. Um, and knowing that, you know, you can learn from someone who is an amateur like myself, even though I'm coming into this space um, not knowing what, you know, what, what it is to be a great winemaker yet, I am learning, but have an open space to hear the things and my experiences that you can learn about what I do and what, you know, what you can learn from this too. So I think it's a give and take of being an educator and a teacher at the same time and appreciating and having empathy on both sides of, you know, that learning process. So, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we've been at this for over an hour. Does anybody wow. have any final, Ooh, final thoughts? Are you all um, open and I just control? wanted to add what to what Kyle just said. We are all and will always be students. We will yes, always yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Just just because Especially being in the wine business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes. It's ever changing. Yeah. It's it's a concept that the in in Asian philosophy and martial arts to have the beginner's mind. Mm. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think it's... And when we work in a vocation that has so much to do with Mother Nature, yeah. the there's a combination of professionalism and humility that is it's kind of unique, you know, because... No matter how much you know and how much you've done, you're going to see something every season that you've never seen before, and you're going to have to, you know, the people that think they have all the answers are the ones that stumble, because mm-hmm. you need you need to be open Amen. to new discoveries. Yep. You may think that you have an encyclopedia in your head, and you might have done all the work, and you know... W- respect the folks that have done the work and have mm-hmm. research and have educated mm-hmm. themselves. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it all comes down to people and to connections. Mm-hmm. And yes. you can relate to the people that are going to be consuming your product, sharing your product, or who you're going to be providing the product to, then is it really a connection at all? Like, mm-hmm. that's just a high I love it. this group. Mm. <laughs> no, seriously, I came here from the East Coast and I met Darwin first, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes yeah. we met first. And and then I met um, Candace and Lena. Well, I met Daniel first, and then um, I came. I came out here, and I was not. I, I was like, what, "What's going on? How how is this going to work?" You know, uh, all right, of this. Yes. yes, I was so scared. But they are my family. You, mm-hmm. you all have turned into my. I love you. And we are yours. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But isn't that a great? That scared is actually a really interesting place. It you is. Know, to be. Mm-hmm. And Very to, vulnerable. To learn, to learn the flow of that. Um, you were, I was going to say something, Dar, when you were talking about, about COVID. And, you know, it, it, you've probably heard it before, but it's, it's worth repeating. I mean, in, in Chinese, the character for crisis and opportunity are the same. Mm. And wow. That's heavy, right? Wow. Yeah. And, and, and you can get, you can let the crisis mm. overwhelm you. I put that in my notes. Or you can see it, you can mm. see it as, okay, where can I pivot here? Um, and yes. 
the, the I mean, I think that was the word of 2020 yeah. was yeah. pivot. You know, how, how can I use this crisis energy and this kind of crack in the fabric of, of, sure. of, of my life to break out and do something new and different? Yeah. Um, Sometimes we, we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable situations to evolve. And that happened for the entire world during 2020. And yeah. we're still kind of evolving and figuring out how to get back to this quote unquote, like normal, like normalcy. But I think for many of us, like we've questioned everything. We, we've questioned our being. Why are we here? And now look at us. Like it took all of that for us to crack and like be like, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm just going to do what my heart is telling me. And yeah, that's another thing that I really believe in. And right, like right now, you know, being an intern, it's also like you have to be okay with feeling uncomfortable mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to happen and you're going to learn something every day. <laughs> and Lena brought this up earlier this week when I featured Lena on my co-fermented page. Co-fermented, follow it. Co-fermented, co-fermented. Co-fermented. We are the same age and we are both 24 years old and we, you know, for us, it was scary, Gra like not, not only graduating college, because every college graduate goes through this phase of like, what am I going to do next in your last semester? Job hunting, freaking out. But then on top of that, you had already graduated, but like it still hit you the same way because yeah. you just started a full-time job. We all had to go through COVID and it's like a double like punch in the face. I'm like, what is going to happen now? Like nothing is open what I wanted to do. But to come back to what I was saying, I think that it helped me realize, you know, where my true passions lie. It made me think about where do I see myself and what do I want to do. And I think that this was all, like the like the wine industry captures all of my interest in one industry. And there's just not one path. There's so many different paths. So I'm very open-minded. I always say that, you know, it's better to be well-rounded as an individual and have many skills. Mm, That's something yes. my parents always taught me as well. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, this is reminding me of a phrase. Everyone says, uh, jack of all trades, master, master of none. But the rest of the quote is, still better than master of one. Oh. Ooh, I didn't know wow. that. Hey. And I forgot, I heard that recently. I forgot where I heard it. Um, if someone knows, put it somewhere. Um, Jeez, I, I always say that about myself, but I had no idea. That, yeah. But, yeah. But thank you for that, Lee. Yeah, so. Ooh. Thank you for that. That popped into my brain. Nice. I well, love too. it. I, I can't wait to follow all of your careers and see what you do to manifest your vision and how you're going to change the world of wine because I think yes. the future is bright with people like you going out and doing what you believe in. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I know. Thank you. Okay. Good. Let's go eat and drink. Yes. 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 Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Let's do a clink. Yes. Clink. 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 Yeah, let's clink. 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 Eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> Your eyes are going to pop out. I hope you enjoyed this roundtable discussion with these four young professionals who represent the future of the wine industry. If you would like further information, please check show notes for more details. I would like to thank Darwin Acosta, Kyle Burke, Candace Keaton, 
and Lena Wellington for sharing their stories and outlooks. I would also like to thank NakedWines.com, Inglenook Winery, Quintessa, and all participating wineries for embracing the diversity that the Roots Fund is striving to bring to all aspects of our industry. Looking to the future is a great way to end the second season of this podcast. I look forward to sharing more insights and stories of the world of viticulture and winemaking with you in season three of The Winemaker's Journey, coming to your podcast platform soon. This is your host, Daniel Barron, wishing you a healthy and prosperous new year. Thank you for listening to The Winemaker's Journey.